Sunday, March 20th, 2022, and you are listening to the Giant Bombcast. <laughs> I always think You've of that almost as... almost spilled your coffee like three times. <laughs> I think of that as the important if true intro. And this is important if true. What is export if not just two girls trying to make important if true slash the Bombcast? We're not trying to make the Bombcast the way the Super Best Friendcast tried to make the Bombcast. Which is literally, hey, what'd you do this week? All right, here's the news. And we got some emails. <laughs> uh, I have, like, stuff to talk about with a capital S, and then, like, we can just bullshit for a while. I got a job. Yeah. So, okay. I work full-time. Autumn weirdly doesn't anymore. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay so, like... I feel like, I don't quantitatively know if this is true. Like, I haven't, like, looked. But it feels like we make fewer podcasts right now than we usually do. 
Um, I know that like this week I, I, uh, I'm not on hot singles right now, sort of, I was supposed to come back and then I, that just hasn't materialized. Um, we keep trying to make Arcanum and it's not working because literally in the time since, um, we last recorded Arcanum, all three of us got new jobs. Um, and that's just made it hard. (laughs) Um, um, Gotham, Em and I just like punt on Gotham sometimes. I had a really nasty cold on our day we usually record. You can probably still hear it in my voice, or at least I can feel it in my voice. Um, stairwells may or may not happen this week. Even if it does happen, we're not going to watch a movie. We're just going to bullshit into a mic for 90 minutes and then cut it. Um, it's just been rough. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're working 40 hours a week. I'm trying to be working 40 hours a week, but my hours keep getting cut at my job. Despite my hours getting cut at my job, my job has been as hard as it ever has. I'm as, as as tired as I was when I was working 50-hour weeks. Um, what happens when there are cops involved? There are police in the store that I work at literally every day. It, just to, like... Basically just to harass homeless people. And it sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and, like... I'm not I'm not going to go into that more. It's all just been very triggering and exhausting. Um I sprained my hand. I got a cold 2 weeks ago. 3 weeks ago now, I think. Mm. It was like the day after my birthday. Yeah, lol. <laughs> I like <sighs> It cost me $1200 to sprain my hand. Yeah. We're I'm going to be paying for that for a year. It's just Just imagine if you had just fallen differently and just hit your head instead you wouldn't have had to pay any money because uh, i'd be dead no because you just have a little bruise on your head and then you'd be like ow if i bruised my head i still would have gone to the doctor the thing you is you wouldn't have gotten a cat scan my my hand isn't even that fucked up it's just that they had to make sure it wasn't fucked up and if i bruised my head i absolutely would have gotten some sort of scan done because i would have been like i bruised my head <laughs> anyway, uh that's neither here nor there. It's just been it's been a really fucking hard month. Mm-hmm. Um It feels like we've been here in Chicago for like two years, but we haven't even been here six months yet, I don't think. No. Um and it's just we're just exhausted. Our bed broke Only we, a little bit. It broke enough. We had to buy a new bed. But. And they sent us the wrong bed. But it's. They sent us a king size instead of a queen. But it's fine because I feel like. It's fine for you. You haven't had any problems. Because I arranged it such that (laughs) all the lip is on my side. So you wouldn't have to worry about it. You could just get out of bed. No problem. I mean, we still have time. We could return it. Okay, for the listeners, they sent us king size, we own a queen mattress. And at first I was like, oh, we'll just return it and get a queen. And then I thought, no, 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 we'll keep this king, 
because maybe someday we'll decide to upgrade to a king mattress. I thought you were going to do this and order the queen. No. I'm not going to pay an extra $250. I thought that you would get it for free because they fucked up. No, no. If if I wanted to get a queen-size bed, I would have to give them that back. So I have a cage shelf next to my bed. Yeah. Uh, that I can't do anything with except to hit my knees and shins on. We could put like a little... We could put like a, a piece of wood there and then you could have a nightstand. That's what I also said. Yeah. I haven't rolled off yet. It is a two and a half foot drop. Well, we also got to get rid of that box spring that we don't need anymore. We could probably keep it. <laughs> you only want to keep it because uh, it would be a pain to get out of here. And also, I, w- I like being high up. You like being six feet off the ground when you sleep? Yeah, it reminds me of the days when I used to be psychic. <laughs> Anyway, it's just been, it's been rough out here, and um, I feel like production on the podcast has slowed down, and I think everybody's been pretty understanding whenever we've posted in the Discord. I guess I just wanted to, like, say it all into a mic, because one, I know that not all our listeners look at the Discord regularly, and two, just like... There are plenty of people listening to this who don't know about abnormal mapping yeah well and two like i i I can never remember what i tweet about on locked and what i tweet about on main and so just like just clearing the air like yes production slowed down but there's just a lot of good reasons for that and um it's probably just gonna stay slow for a little while and we will try to ramp it back up as uh we can um but uh, no one's really dropped pledges or anything. Everybody's been pretty nice about everything. I just, I was feeling a little bad and I just wanted to like talk about it up at the top. I am issuing a challenge. Hmm. In, within six weeks, the final episode of Export Audio's Pirate Time will go up. Sure. Maybe not the final one, but at least the third one. Yeah, sure. There's two or three more after that. Yeah. I can't ever remember how many. We'll get there. At least two. Maybe three. I think they've made six Pirates movies, but I genuinely couldn't tell you. They should make a Pirates of the Caribbean prequel trilogy. No. Remember that time I was bullshitting and I was like, oh, if I was Disney and I was trying to bring back Pirates, I guess I would put, like, a woman in there... Um, as the new Jack Sparrow, and, oh, I guess I would choose Margot Robbie, um, because, like, oh, she's kind of the zany, like, lead-slash-character actor, uh, of the day. And then we looked at Wikipedia, and they had already announced it months prior, and I had just missed the news. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm always thinking about that. I'm not good at fan casting, but I did feel very accomplished in that moment. If I were Disney and I wanted to bring that Pirates of the Caribbean, I would just make a new thing. Yeah. I mean, they tried that. I feel like Tron Legacy was supposed to be, well, oh, the, the Pirates of the Caribbean well went dry. Well, that also John Carter and Lone Ranger. Yeah, John Carter. Were also attempts. Lone Ranger was a, was a, God, I forgot that was a Disney movie. With? 
Johnny Depp as... and as Tonto, which um, they were. I feel like there was like light discourse about Johnny Depp as Tonto back enough. then. But um, if they tried oh, to, I thought, I thought you were talking about how fucking racist it was. Well, yeah, yeah. I feel like when did the Lone Ranger movie come out? Twenty eleven. Twenty eleven. I feel like I read a review or two, and I was like, "Oh, it's kind of racist for Johnny Depp to be playing Tonto." Um, but I feel like if you put out that movie now, it wouldn't. It wouldn't even come out. The discourse would just make it stop from coming out. <laughs> That's the discourse didn't stop like fucking Grindelwald from coming out. There's a difference between Johnny Depp is in the movie and. Johnny Depp is in the movie and also playing a racist caricature of a Native American person. <laughs> I guess so. But if British people were making the Lone Ranger movie, it still would have been made. Because they don't care. I guess so. If Johnny Depp was doing a racist character in Harry Potter, it would still come out. Sure. Yeah, probably. I also, don't know. Harry Potter is bigger than Lone Ranger. Um, but yeah, and then they just got Star Wars and they didn't need a new Pirates of the Caribbean, I guess. And now they do. And now they do. Disney is so good at killing franchises. They're the Xbox of cinema. What does that mean? Xbox is also really good at killing the the people that... Never mind. I guess I think of that as an EA or an Activision thing. Everyone does it, I guess. I always... I I don't really keep up with, like gamer business stuff i just know that gamers complain about oh ea bought the studio and then shut it down after like one game and another announced sequel they're sitting on so much stuff they could make (coughs) if they wanted to disney could just say hey we're gonna make a live action chronicles of perdane series on disney plus because we own black cauldron man they'd fuck it up so bad but i want them to do it would they it's a children's book they could probably handle it They'd fuck it up. Jerry Irons is bald guy. Man, <laughs> shit. Who's the who's not this knight? Not Gwydion, but Gwydion obviously is um, Ian McGregor. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> but the older guy, I have no Crom idea. Mac Croner. I have no idea. I I read. We were living in St. Louis when I read oh, the Book so. of Three. Oddwick. So. What the fuck is that? I don't name? know. I read the book of three. I haven't read the Black Cauldron yet. Every book in that series is like four hours long on audiobooks. I should just like finish them, but I just haven't. But the book of three was really fucking good. Um, if you're listening to this, Dalbin, and- Jeremy Irons as Dalbin. If you're listening to this and you enjoy like light fantasy fare. Um, the book of three, like, I can't recommend it enough. It's like one of those weird books that's like, it's from the sixties. And so if it came out today, I think it would either be more YA or more for kids. But like, because it's from the sixties, it just feels like a book in the same way that like the Earthsea books feel like. If they came out now, they would be YA or for kids. But this... I feel like Pradane is definitely sort of a connective tissue between Lord of the Rings and Earthsea. Yeah, absolutely. 
That's that's how I would maybe pitch it. The as... the other thing I would say it's like do you want a lot of Welsh names? <laughs> yeah. The other thing I would say um so so this week I have been watching the 1997 Berserk anime. I'm 20 episodes in. I'm probably going to finish it today. So if you're listening to this podcast as it's coming out, I might be like watching the last couple episodes cuz we usually put these things up the same day. Um Oh, we got to put up bag end in the public feed after this did you already do it yeah hell yeah thank you bitch i'm sorry anyway (laughs) um if you so i've been watching the berserk 1997 anime um if you like berserk and you want where's this going i like the book of three for kind of the same reasons that i like berserk even though berserk is like the darkest fantasy ever and and the book of three is the lightest fantasy ever darkest fantasy you've read well yeah okay i haven't fucking read those joe abercrombie books that are like or the black uh black company yeah like they're but like berserk is really really dark and perdane is really really light but the thing that i like about both of them is that it's like so focused on like very subtle like character writing um to where like the main character Taryn changes a lot over that first book and like you don't even notice how much he's changing at first but then like you get to the end and you're like oh my gosh he's so different from how he was at the start um and it all feels earned it doesn't feel like oh he just like got to a big moment and like had a sudden pivot it's just like a very organic character growth that's the thing I really like about Book of Three, and that's the thing I'm really liking about Guts and Casca and Griffith in um, Berserk right now. So, um, uh, tonally, could not be more different, but like the thing that appeals to me about both of them is uh, there's some commonality to it. Um. Do you like it when the adventuring party has basically has classes, but not really? I do love that. What if your party was a uh, a, a princess mm-hmm. with, a, with a magic item, a uh, farm boy, mm-hmm. small little guy, and a bard, and sometimes a grumpy dwarf. That's another thing that I like about both Berserk and Perdane, um, is that, like, a lot of fantasy series, um, that I read, like, um, I know that this is one of the appeals of Game of Thrones, I think Locke Lamora does this a lot, um, of, oh, it's, you know, it's a fantasy series, but it's got a twist, it's not your normal fantasy story, um, and I feel like Berserk and Prudane are kind of, like, very normal fantasy stories. Well, Prudane has a pretty big twist. It's all Welsh. That's not, that's <laughs> not that big a deal. <laughs> this was I, a joke. <laughs> I feel like both Prudane and Berserk are, like, pretty arch and, like, um, do a lot of, like, fantasy stuff that you've seen before but they just do it so well and like 
that's the appeal, I guess. That's that's my pitch on, on Perdane. Um Once again, I've only read the first of five books. Uh, one of those books is one of my favorite books of all time. You like Terran Wanderer a lot, right? That's your favorite? Mm-hmm. I want to get to that one. You've, you've sold me really hard on that book. Uh, I just haven't been in a mood for reading a lot lately. Like, I, I've started a couple different audiobooks in the last three months like since we moved to chicago i think i just haven't listened to any audiobooks i like started stuff and just don't stick with it it'll come around you know flash forward six months from now and i'll read like seven books in a week and you know uh so yeah oh and don't watch don't watch the black cauldron movie it's a really bad adaptation you can you can watch it just you know it's a different thing it's fine. I just thought it was a boring movie. It's a perfectly movie. fine movie. I, I, thought I wish it was, it was better, but... I thought it was just a very boring movie. It's not like it's an affront. It doesn't, ha- it doesn't help that we watched Black Cauldron, like, the same week that we watched The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, which they're both, like, 70s Disney movies, and Winnie the Pooh is maybe the best Disney movie ever. I mean, I'm not going to say maybe. I, I, I think Winnie the Pooh is the best Disney movie um, For your information, The Black Cauldron was made in 1985. Christ almighty, why does it look like that then? <laughs> it looks great! <laughs> um, I didn't watch Pooh with you. You watched a bit of Pooh. <laughs> That's what Crohn's disease does to you folks. Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, I'm I'm familiar with yeah. with Mr. the Pooh. I just think that's their best. I think that's my favorite Disney animated movie by by a country oh, mile. No. Yeah. What's better Sleeping than Sleeping Beauty? I, I have not seen that since we had it on VHS. I know that's one that you love a lot, and we should watch that. Is it on Disney Plus? I assume it is. <laughs> yeah, everything's on Disney Plus. Well, yeah, it's just that they used to do that vault shit because when we first... when you had to buy them. Yeah. Yeah, when we first started dating. You were trying to get me to watch Sleeping Beauty, and we literally couldn't find a DVD or a place to rent it, and neither of us really knew how to torrent shit back then, so we just didn't. Well, I knew how to torrent. I just didn't know how to torrent well. Yeah, I just didn't know how to torrent without getting caught. (laughs) Um. Dalbin. Island Wee. I might be saying that wrong. I never really knew. Gurgi. Gurgi! Gurgi has his own damn Wikipedia page. Yeah. Not sure why. Gurgi is like... Also, the the plot of the Black Cauldron movie weirdly mashes up the plots of Book of Three and the Black Cauldron, the first two books of that series, in a way that kind of, like, takes away from the point of both of them. Mm-hmm. So. Um, anyway, uh, I'm trying to think of anything else I want to say about Berserk. I'm just liking that show a lot. I'm like five episodes away from the, from the end, so I guess I How do you, just give me your temperature reading. How do you feel about Guts? That's my husband right there. How do you feel about Casca? Uh, that's my wife. How do you feel about Griffith? He didn't do anything wrong, as far as I. Know. He's just kind of a great man. He's the Millennium Falcon. Is he? 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anything. I know that there is the Millennium Falcon arc, or or the Falcon 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 of the Millennium Empire arc later on. Um, I assume that that refers to Griffith because he has a bird-like vibes. Well, he's the leader of the Band of the Hawk, and so I know that the Falcon of the Millennium Empire could refer to him. I could see that referring to him, but I don't know. So don't don't fucking tell me, because I'm going to read Berserk after I watch the 97 anime. I am going to read Berserk, um, so don't fucking tell me shit. Is somebody else going to take that up, or... So, there's three different, like, adaptations of Berserk so far. I'm talking about the manga. Is somebody going to pick that up? Or is it gone? Is it done? There is, like... The the publisher has said, we don't know. There are, you know... Mira did not, like, work alone. There were a lot of people on his staff. Um, He had maybe outlines or notes for future things he certainly had enough that his staff could finish the last chapter that he personally was working on um so there is like another chapter that has come out since his passing um and then the publisher has said like we're trying to figure out the best thing he did not leave any specific guidance for like oh, I want so-and-so to finish it, or, oh, I want you to leave it the hell alone. It sounds like it sounds like if he had written something that said, I want you to leave it the hell alone if I die, they would have left it the hell alone. But they're trying... It sounds like they're trying to figure out what to do next. Because they've published, like, memorials to him, and they've just said, the future of Berserk is uncertain. Hmm. So... Um, But, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm really liking it. I'm really glad that I'm watching the anime first, because, um, I can imagine that if I was reading it and then went back to watching this anime, I would be like, oh, it skips over blah, blah, blah that I really like, or, oh, um, the, the art isn't as good, but I'm just really enjoying, uh, the show for what it is, and then someday soon I will read it. And that'll be its own thing. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Um, play that video game. Here's the thing about Griffith. Okay. Once again, I'm five episodes away from the end, so, so maybe... Just to be clear, we're talking about 30 under 30 media luminary Griffith of the Company of the Hawk. I may be about to hoist myself really hard. I have seen... Some spoilery images that make me think I'm about to hoist myself. But where I'm at on Griffith right now, five episodes away from the end of the show, is uh, Griffith uh, is kind of a bad person, but also he's my husband. (laughs) Here's what I know about Berserk. Tell me everything you know about Berserk. Um, Horseman? With the skull? I think there's possibly an assaulting horseman. I think I know what you're talking about. Uh, You just mean like cavalry? 
No, a okay. horseman okay. who like may or may not sexually assault someone. There's a lot of sexual assault from what I understand. Yeah. There's a there is some in the anime, but I understand that there is more in the manga. I know that the red orbs from Devil May Cry come from Berserk. Okay. Red orb with a screamy face in it. Okay. That means nothing to me so far. Uh. I mean, there is a red orb, but anyway, whatever. Um, big sword. Big sword. Uh, sword and mouth. What? Oh, sword and mouth. the sword and mouth thing that I tweeted. Yeah. Um, the boat. Obviously, I know about the boat. I don't know about a boat. For like ten years, there were no chapters, and they were just on a boat. Because the manga didn't update for like eight years, ten years, so they were on a boat, and that okay. was where Berserk was for a long time. I I didn't know that. That's like. Way later, it doesn't really matter. It's just, the joke was, oh, they're on the boat. They're going to be on the boat forever. They're never going to get off the boat. Boat party. No, it was not a party. Boat party. It was not a boat party. Boat party. Dark Souls. (laughs) What have you been up to? Man... Who's John Galt? Tell me. Tell me. No, that who... is a phrase that is stand in for any question that you don't know the answer to. Is that really what that is? That's what the context of that quote is. Is It becomes a saying because it's a stand in for, you know, don't ask questions you don't know, you don't want to hear the answers to. Like, who's John Galt? Okay, but like, who is John Galt? In the future. Okay. <clears throat> you don't want to preface this at all. You just want to go. In the past. <laughs> someone wanted to make an Atlas Shrugged movie trilogy. This was a cursed endeavor. <laughs> um, and it was bad. And I watched all three of those movies last week. So. Tell me the plot. Of Atlas Shrugged, the film trilogy. You have not read the novel, Either correct? in 2016, or the near future, or the day after tomorrow. Depending on which movie you're watching. It changes. Um, when this story is taking place, the government has put forth the fair share law. The fair share law is a set of laws that require... Wait, the law is a set of laws? Well, they call it the fair share law, but they refer to lots of different ordinances. That's bullshit. Anyway, go on. What? Well, it should be one law. Or it should be the fair share laws. This is how laws work. When you say because of blank, when you say like, SOPA or whatever it was called like that's a set of things you remember SOPA yeah like that's a set of things but you call it collectively but the that that was the stop online piracy act and the act in my head could refer to multiple laws whatever I'm just being an ass don't worry about me it's called the fair share law this is complicated 
and I think might happen over the course of the movies, it's unclear. But <coughs> basically, you have the state coming in and trying to enforce equality between corporations. It also is giving out, like, welfare to people. But primarily, the plot of the movie concerns the government in, like, making decisions about what corporations can do. Specifically, things like all iron producing companies must produce the same amount of iron and sell the same amount of iron to everyone. Which means that if you have lots of iron or you're good at making iron, you have to only sell and provide as much as everyone else can provide. Is this what Ayn Rand thinks communism is? I don't think Ayn Rand thinks anymore. She's dead. Is this what she thought? I don't know. Okay. I just want to make sure that I'm understanding the analogy. That's all. I don't know. It's dumb and poorly told. But the story takes place in a dystopian America where something happened and now trains are the only reliable way of or only affordable way of moving across the country. Gas is $40 a gallon. The Middle East has, quote, exploded. Unclear what that means. It's the only time any country outside of America has any impact on America. There is no 9-11 in Atlas Shrugged. Mm -hmm. There is no forever war. Mm -hmm. There is no war, question mark. Mm. America exists as its own thing, its own pocket dimension, having this internal political financial crisis. There are no other countries in the world that have anything to do with or have any impact on the events of Atlas Shrugged. Okay. I don't understand how that works. Yeah. But... Um... So... Taggart trains, Taggart, whatever they're called, they own the biggest train network uh -huh. in America. Yeah. Dagny and her brother are running it. Okay. Da Dagny Taggart and her brother. I hope those geese got picked up on the mic, by the way. <laughs> I was enjoying those geese. Um, what happens <laughs> at Atlas Shrugged in the first you, movie? You look pained. There's, like, they're ramping up all these restrictions, and the best and brightest are disappearing. Hmm. Uh, it starts with, like, business people, CEOs, banking heads, etc., at some point, actors and musicians, the best minds are disappearing and the world's going to shit. Okay. And Dagny is just trying to keep this thing running, but it's not paying 
Like, they're not making enough money. Hmm. She meets Hank Reardon. Is that John Galt? No. He's yeah. Hank Reardon. Okay. He's one of the vlog brothers. <laughs> <laughs> he has created <coughs> what he's calling Reardon Metal, which is ten times stronger than steel, but much lighter. Okay. So Dagny agrees to make a new line. There's a there's a derailing. An old line that hasn't been updated since her like granddad set it down. Mm-hmm. So th- she's going to rebuild that line using Reardon Metal. But the company doesn't want her to do that. And they're all working with the government to to like do bad business basically so she takes a leave of absence from the company and gets funding from an oil guy l ellis something uh and the three of them have this thing where they're like oh i have this ore and you need it to turn it into rare metal and you need that Written metal to make your trains, and you're using your trains to transport my ore, and my ore is becoming the metal. We have a nice system going on here. Okay. He also owns an oil field. Yeah. Um. So they do that, and they start the John Galt mine. Because she hates the phrase "Who is John Galt?" It's annoying, and so she names this line after John Galt, who is her enemy, I guess. Wait, so when is John Galt, like... No one knows who John Galt is. There's no John Galt. But is there a... Why are people saying who is John Galt before this? It's a great question. Who is John Galt? Um, People just say who is John Galt? When you ask a question that there's no answer to, somebody will say, who is John Galt? But there's not like a... I thought there was going to be like a... Just let me tell the story. I, okay, I just... So, she does this, and huge success. But the government says reared metal's untested. It's dangerous. The government with the State Science Institute, which is like all where all the science is done, they say, no, uh, this is untested metal. You can't do this. And they do it anyway. And they do their first run... And they hit 200 miles an hour on this train. and Wow, it's so great and heroic. They did it. They bait the train. They fuck a few times. Um, what? Okay. Dagny and Hank. My head hurts. Dagny and Hank are fucking. Okay. Hank is also married and hates his wife. Me too. What the fuck? <laughs> I love you. I was jokes. I was joking. Let me kiss you. You are the joke. I want to kiss you. No. <laughs> um, and then Ellis disappears. Okay. But he doesn't just disappear. He leaves a sign and says, I'm leaving it as I found it. Take it. It's yours. Wait, who is Ellis? The oil guy. Okay. The reason they find out he's missing is because there's a huge explosion. His oil fields are on fire. No. End of movie one. Oh, God. I was hoping we were halfway through movie two. <laughs> movie two. <laughs> completely new cast. 
We open with Dagny in a plane chasing another plane. Okay. She's piloting a spy plane chasing another plane. Damn, I wish that was me. And then we say like nine months earlier. Okay. And they've found some schematics for this new engine. It converts atmospheric electricity into energy. Okay. It takes the energy of a vacuum filling itself and turns that into static electricity that charge it that powers things. Okay. This engine was developed by 20th Century Motors, uh-huh. which is now dis- uh, defunct. It's gone. Okay. Because 20th Century Motors uh, decided from now on, everyone's going to get paid according to their need. But then, of course, that just meant that the people who didn't want to work got all the money, and the p- people who worked the hardest got less money. And so the company went under. Why would that... That's not... That's not how that would... What? For what are you talking about? The people just said, I need lots of money. I need lots of money. And then they got it because that everyone went along with it. And the company went under. That's not how that would work. Isn't it? Altruism is a disease. Obviously. Um, what? I don't understand. Anyway, Dagny's trying, trying, going from person to person, trying to find who built this engine. She finds, like, one person who used to work at that place and traces back person to person to person. Oh, oh yeah, it was this guy. Um, He was an engineer. Uh, He he went to school. um, His name was John Galt, actually. Motherfucker. Um, (laughs) I was like, she's about to say this guy's name, John Galt, and this could be fucking stupid. (laughs) So, more people disappear. Um, And soon Dagny is kind of like the only person left. It's Dagny and Hank. Hank, not really important anymore. He's kind of out of the story. They they were having an affair, but now it's like, doesn't really matter anymore. Okay. I'm so confused. The government is instituting more and more controls over corporations as this is happening. What? This middle movie is two hours long. It's the longest one and the least amount of things happen in it. (coughs) All throughout the movie, we've been seeing cut-ins of people, usually CEOs and such, uh, seeing this shadowy figure... Who asked them, are you ready? So, it, and then it says, you know, John, whatever, dis- disappeared June 17th or whatever. So if all the best and brightest are disappearing. Yeah. But Dagny hasn't disappeared yet. Does that mean she's not very good and not very bright? She, she's actually one of the two people that they're trying to catch still. Okay. You know, what happens? How do they know that the, the person trying- that she's talking to about the motor who gets it running again? Uh, disappears. And he's like, I gotta go. I quit. I'm resigning. And she's like, wait, no, don't. I'll I'll be there in like 20 minutes. She shows up at the airport. He's taking off. She takes a plane. She follows him. Oh, now we're back at the start of the movie. She's chasing him in the plane. He disappears in a flash of light. (gasps) 
This was actually at the beginning of the movie. He dis- he vanishes in a flash of light, and she's like about to crash into a mountain, and then it says nine months earlier. Oh. So she goes through the fake mountain. Okay. It's a hologram. <gasps> and crashes her plane. Okay. Immediately. Okay. And then she dies, and the movie's over. And then she's in the wreckage of this plane that she crashed. And this shadowy figure approaches her, and she's and it's like, Dagny? She's like, oh, where am I? Who are you? He's like, I'm John Galt. <laughs> and so the third movie, new cast again. That was two hours of movie? Yeah. You didn't describe anything happening. <laughs> Fewer things happened in that one than the first one. I also said that. I know, but I didn't. I uh, Okay. <laughs> I'm so confused. <laughs> Why did you watch these? She is injured and she's being nursed back to health by John Galt and this the world-renowned neuros- neurosurgeon or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking at Audacity, making sure that we got the tape going. I don't want to have Dagny to do this is again. in a, a valley full of people who are all the best and brightest of the world. They're all living here. In and there's a small... lot of silicon in this valley. No. They're all living here together. Uh, they don't use money. They use gold coins they took from one of the uh, banks. Because the banking guy is here. Um, they all use gold coins with the Statue of Liberty printed on them. Okay. Here's the thing about the gold standard, right? Is the gold standard is also fake. It's all fake. Gold is only valuable because we ascribe value to it. Yeah. But they just use gold coins. But they don't use dollars. There is this like right-wing belief that like no, gold actually is valuable in a way that money isn't and if we had gold back the dollar again, that would make it more valuable. Gold it also only has value because we ascribe value to it. Only, value is not an, a, a natural property of things. Yes, it is. Because your effort, like this gold coin is your effort for their effort. That's not real! <laughs> it's the that foundation all, of civilization. That is all just socially agreed upon. And like things that we socially agree upon are real, but they like they talk like it is like, Oh, gold, yes, the thing that is more naturally valuable. Motherfucker, gold is not sitting in the wild thinking, I'm worth six dollars. <laughs> gold doesn't think, idiot. Yeah, exactly! <laughs> That's how these people talk! Anyway, they use gold coins here. Okay. And he shows her this place. It's like this small build. It's like that, that one of those buildings in the first area of mist. Right? I didn't know I felt so strongly and about a, the gold standard. And a, across the door, it says... I swear by my life and my love of it, I will never live my life for another man or ask another man to live for mine. It's 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 too convoluted, right? But that's their that's their oath that they swear to live in this valley. Also, inside this small building is the real generator, the real sized one that turns the atmosphere into electricity and power I don't think this it. I don't think I ran no shit about fucking anything. Um basically you can't get in there unless you say those words. That'll come up later. Um keep passing me the phone. I just want to look up this like oath or whatever. Please go on. She montages her way through several dinner dates with John Galt and they fall in love. This is why I said don't worry about Hangar Reardon. That's not important anymore. She's fucking John Galt. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but she's not fucking him yet. She wants to, though. She goes back because everything's falling apart without her. And mm-hmm. they need her to fix the railroad, right? She doesn't want to give up like everyone else. She's like, no, I care about my railroads and I'm going to make them work. I don't want to give up. And so um, she goes back. Can I read the oath to you? Yeah. It's pulling up on Goodreads. It's just giving me It's probably the version from the book then. I swear by my life and my love of it that I will never live for the sake of another man nor ask another man to live for mine. Mm-hmm. Okay. The thing is that, like, when 20th century voters went down, they're all, they were like, each man belongs to each other now. We all belong to each other. But, like, okay. <clears throat> when I have a job, right? Okay, okay. If I'm a medieval peasant, my life is devoted to the king. Whether I like it or not, my life is devoted to the king because I can only, like, like the 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 whole like, I swear. Nor nor ask another man to live for mine. Like that's what power is. That's what power. That's what powerful people have. Is they have other people living for them. And so if you're a king, in like a a a, a peasant is living for you, and you are asking another person to live for you, right? Uh huh. And when you're the CEO of a corporation, it's the same deal. Because if if everybody at the company that I work at decided tomorrow I will go live my life for myself and not for the job that I work at, then we would stop working at the job and and then the the CEO would also be broke. Mutually agreed upon contract, which is different. It's not You're agreeing your effort for someone else's effort, you see? It's not mutually agreed upon though, because he has power that I do not have. Then you could just go to a different job. Shouldn't you be grateful that he's giving you a job? But that's not that's not <laughs> like That's not how society works because some people have more power than others and the people who have less power do not it's not mutually agreed upon because if i decided i'm gonna go live my life for myself and not have a job i would die (laughs) no you still have a job it's not mutually agreed upon because he has more power than i do still have a job The, the thing that they're talking about is the like i'm going to sell the thing i have but, like, when I go to my job... I'm... If you were a true creative mind, you would have an invention or, like, you would own something that you could sell to people. I do that. It makes me $700 a month. That's not a way to support myself. Well, then you're just not... You're just not Mark Marin. But if everybody did that, then, like... Okay, if everybody... If no, everybody... we don't need to worry about everybody. We need to worry about the people with the real brains <laughs> and the real creative drives and the, the movers and shit. We don't need to think about those little people, okay? If, if literally people. everybody lived their life the way that Ayn Rand is saying you should live your life, then when I 
oh, I'm, you know, making my podcast. I'm selling my podcast on the internet and I'm making a living. I'm, 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 do, I'm, I'm Mark Marin and I'm making, you know, enough money to like live off podcasting. You know, okay. that's my full-time job. If everybody was doing that, who the hell is going to make my coffee for me? The person who's always also trying to do that and also hustling to pay the bills. You see? But I'm I'm that person and I can't just decide tomorrow to, people don't just get to decide I will I will simply stop needing to have a job. That's not how anything the works. The government institutes a new like ultra rule which freezes everyone in place. Uh <sighs> All wages and all positions are frozen. No one can get promoted. Nobody can get demoted. Nobody can quit their job. Nobody can get fired. Nobody can get a raise. Nobody can get a pay cut. Everything is static. To, in order to save the economy. What? <laughs> Shut the hell up! <laughs> that is the ne- that's the big twist. What happens if so- ten two eighty nine? It's called. Okay. One, no government would ever pass that law. That's stupid. Two. Oh, there's also the law that a, each person can only own one corporation. This is a horrible, evil thing that only one per, you can only own one company at a time. That's stupid because. Okay, let's say that you and I. Let's say that I'm a wildly successful CEO of a company, and I I own a bunch of different businesses. Yeah. Now you have to sign them away to other people. I would just sign one away to you, my wife. I would sign one away to my other friends, and we would all... Literally, in the scene where Hank Reardon is signing his companies away to his friends, he says, they're like, oh, it's, you know, it's still yours. I'll just treat it like it's yours. And he's like, no, I either own property or I don't. If you want to give me first pick of the ore, Fine. If you want to treat me like anyone else, fine. If you want to double-cross me, do it. It's your company. Why would we not just all mutually collaborate to... to why would we all not just work together to assure that we all stay rich? Anyway. And then, uh... But, oh, okay. <clears throat> this 1089... 10-289. 10-289 thing. Here's the other thing. Let's say that law passes tomorrow, and then I die. Yeah. The people at my store will need someone to replace me. Well, it's a good thing that there's a 40% uh, unemployment rate. Oh, okay. So those people who <laughs> currently don't have a job. I guess can get jobs if people die. Yeah. Unclear. Anyway, the government captures John Galt. There's a 40% unemployment rate? I made that number up, but like there are many mul- multiple montages of just crowds of unemployed protesters. Getting that Soros money. That is not an issue that is addressed. There are no conspiracy theory-like elements to this movie. Like, it is weirdly disconnected from the modern day despite taking place in it like it is still trying to be right-wing people are stupid (laughs) the government sometimes i think they're evil and sometimes i think they're stupid. government catches john galt and they're like what do you want let's make a deal 
the people want John Galt. Like, what do, what do you want out of all this? And he's like, I don't, I told you, get out of our way, is what he says. No, oh, he hijacks the president's speech, gives a four-hour monologue. Uh, that's not in the movies. He gives a very brief version in the movie. Okay, because in the book, it's like 60 pages, right? It's huge. Um, that's the outline of objectivism, basically. Yeah. The government's like, what do you want? Let's make a deal. And he's like, I already told you what I want. Stop regulating shit. Uh, they torture him with the, uh, the torture device that the State Science Institute made to go along with. It's called Project F. Uh, and what it is is that it's, it, it shocks you. <laughs> it puts a collar on you and you hook, you put, get tied to like a wall and then it shocks you. That's it. Um, but the other main characters free John Galt from being tortured while everyone just walked out of the room for some reason. Everyone else just walks in, takes him, they leave. And they watch as society collapses and all the power grids go down. And she's like, this is the end. And John Galt's like, no. It's the beginning. And then the Gundam spins in front of the moon. And then it says, the end. And then the smaller text, it says, no, dot, 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 the beginning. (laughs) That's stupid. (laughs) Yes. Did you know that when Ayn Rand died? What? I was doing the the F91 song. Uh, Did you know that when Ayn Rand died? (coughs) Did you know that when Ayn Rand died, uh, they had the flowers on the coffin arranged in a huge dollar sign? No, they did not. Yeah. Fuck off. No, they didn't. That's not real. That's real. In this That's movie, not true. in the valley, there's a scene where they're all hanging out in this den. That's impossible. And on the mantel place, there's a big dollar sign where a cross might be in another home. But that third movie feels like a Hallmark movie because the first like 30 minutes is just her falling in love with John Galt and him having lots of dates and him telling her all about his ideology and her going, but... Why are people being altruistic? It just doesn't work. And it's just the most, like, naive bullshit. It's just horribly written. And apparently, this is just what that book is. I haven't read the book. But this is just so childish that I was very surprised that there was no actual, like, thought put into this stuff. It was literally just getting mad because someone said that you had too much money. This is stupid. What are you doing? I was just looking at John Galt's Wikipedia page. I... Also in the first movie, John Galt, the outline of John Galt is played by the director of that movie. But he's a different guy in the others. Everyone gets recasted twice. Is it the same director through all three movies? Same director for the last two. Okay. Different cast, though. Okay. Um, Dagny in the first season... The first season? The first movie is played by uh, an actor who would then go on to find success in that prison show. There are a lot of those. The Netflix... 
Orange is the Orange new black. Orange is the new black. Yes. Um, so I watched these movies, and uh, I thought they were pretty bad. They sound bad. Uh, well, look at this movie poster. <laughs> yeah. That third one is crowdfunded. <laughs> um, oh, also, they uh, the thing that John Galt is doing is he's leading all of the, 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 the smart people to go on strike, he calls it. Right, I knew that was the like the name the namesake of the book is that like because the 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 rich people and the smart people are like Atlas holding up the world and they shrug and they like let the world off their shoulders. Well, that comes from a monologue from a character I didn't mention uh, at all because he doesn't fucking matter. Um, he's like, if you saw Atlas holding the world on his shoulders. For the sake of everyone else, what would you tell him? I would tell him to shrug. The evil within, two, looks at camera. What? You remember that? The evil within, two thing? Uh, you'll, guess who has... I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you about some cameos in these movies. Oh no. Some cameos. No. Yeah. You will die. <laughs> um, couple of guys. I'm gonna shock you with to my no lightning good. attack. Um, you see some news shows. The second two movies both have Sean Hannity segments. The third one... Only the only guy who doesn't get recast. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> um... The third one has two extras. <clears throat> we have one from Glenn Beck, who's saying on his show, finally, someone is saying it. And I was thinking the same things, and but when I say it, I, I scream it, and people say I'm crazy. But when you've got a vision, like, this is exactly what I've been saying about John Galt. Uh, and, of course, Ron Paul. Uh, I was thinking... Uh... You were thinking Bill O'Reilly. Yeah, I was thinking Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> Thank you. Couldn't think. I couldn't think of his name, but I knew you'd get there for me. We used to watch Bill O'Reilly's show as children. <laughs> we would switch to it from. Oh, maybe that timing doesn't work out. But we would watch Bill O'Reilly and Craig Ferguson. Maybe it was Bill <laughs> O'Reilly. <laughs> maybe it was Bill O'Reilly first. We, when would... we were kids. <clears throat> My dad, uh, at this same time, like during the Bush administration, every night um, would would watch Keith Olbermann. Uh, That's the guy that was like on the floor with the flag. Right? I covered, have no idea. Covered in the flag. I have no idea. He was wet, draped in it. I don't know what you're referring to. Uh, it's fine. It sure it could be Keith Olbermann was a. Uh, liberal news anchor. Looks like the guy from The Good Place. Yeah, kinda. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Took me a minute. <laughs> Took me a minute, but yeah. <coughs> Ted Danson? That's who you say in Yeah. Yeah, okay. I don't um, know if he is, but... 
He has been known to dance. <laughs> anyway, my dad would watch Keith Olbermann every night. He was a, like, Democrat news anchor, kind of, in my understanding, and maybe this is wrong, but, like, the guy who, like, led the charge of MSNBC being the Democrats' like response to Fox News. And so he would give the news and then he would sort of like editorialize about how, you know, this means you should vote for the Democrats in the upcoming like uh midterms or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um and look, oh, he would kind of like he was a serious newsman, quote unquote, but he would also like oh, look at this stupid thing George Bush said today, you know. Um, and sort of editorialize. So this, I was talking about Obama years, not Bush years. Uh, my dad was definitely watching Rachel Maddow during the Obama years. Rachel Maddow, I think, is still on TV, and she started as like a working on Keith Olbermann's show, I think, and then she got her own show that would start right after Keith Olbermann's show, if I remember right. Anyway, I remember my dad watched Keith Olbermann every night, and then he would switch to um the the daily show and the colbert report like right after i don't know if those time slots line up maybe it was like we would i i don't know how those time slots watch line up but that my dad literally through the entire bush years was watching the news for like three hours a night because he would watch olberman the daily show and the colbert report every night um and i think it just ruined my brain a little bit but it's fine. I've read one Ayn Rand book. The smallest one. <laughs> Anathem? Anthem. I thought it was Anathem. No, Anthem. Okay. Uh, it was cancelled, basically. And they stopped supporting it after uh, two years. Oh, wait. Did that, did that game actually get cancelled? No. Oh, okay. Anthem is essentially 1984. But a third as long and... Even less uh, than a third as, like, interesting. Um, trying to think. My dad also listened to NPR, like, religiously during this time. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, just this with less editorializing, basically. When I was 18, okay, I read four books. All in a set. Um, this is when I was in Germany. It was Anthem, Snow Crash, Cat's Cradle, and Greg Proops' book, The Smartest Man in the World. Well, one of those books is good. One of those books is fantastic. <laughs> one for four is not <laughs> the worst you could do. You know what's funny? Is that we were reading Cat's Cradle around the same time, like... When you were 18 and I was, like, 15, I think, is when I read Cat's Cradle. Mm-hmm. So, that's funny. That's cute. <clears throat> when did Kurt Vonnegut die? I think it was during the Bush administration. Uh, I don't know. Who's John Gold? Shut the fuck up! 2007. April 2007. Um... Yeah, I would say I, I I feel like I started reading Kurt Vonnegut books when I was 15 because I read like Mother Night, Cat's Cradle, Slaughterhouse-Five, and uh, Player Piano, I think, all in pretty quick succession. 
Um, I was just obsessed with Kurt Vonnegut for like a little while there. For whatever reason... Player Piano is not very good, but that's his first book, so you can sort of excuse it. For whatever reason, those were the books I ended... I don't know how I ended up with a copy of Anthem. Mm-hmm. I think somebody must have given it to me as a gift. Mm-hmm. Possibly ironically. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember just thinking that it was bad and dumb. Mm-hmm. Not very considered. I one time was at the library and was like, I I already by this point in my life knew I was like, oh, well, I think Ayn Rand's politics are stupid, but I should like read Anthem just so I actually know what they are, you know, because I just like had in my head vaguely. I'm like, oh, every time someone describes objectivism to me, it sounds stupid, but I should like read one of these books just to know what it is. And I read like 20 pages of Anthem and just thought it was poorly written and put it down. That book's I'm, only like a hundred pages, and I still was like, yeah, I'm this is... I'm still vaguely like, maybe I will read Atlas Shrugged or no. The Fountainhead someday. No. But it's like, no. I don't know what I would get out of that. Yeah, I just don't... They just seem badly written. I don't care about that. I'm like, oh, I'll read a book where somebody tells me through a, uh, a not very intricate fictional portrait what their ideology is. That's basically what Foundation is. You know? Mm. I'll, I'll, I'll read that. But, like, I don't know that... Like, I have this compulsion in me to read that, just to say I've read it. But I don't think I would ever enjoy it. Yeah. And I don't think I would get anything out of it. Yeah. I can't turn that into work to get paid, either. Yeah. Nobody's going to pay for me to read Ayn Rand and talk about it in a podcast. Yeah. But I do have this compulsion of, like, oh, that's, like, an author I could read and, like, talk about and people know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I just don't know how anyone can take this stuff seriously. Yeah, me neither. Um, anything else you've been up to? Chaos. Yeah. You want to talk about chaos at all? Chaos! That game doesn't look finished. It's not mechanically you're, it's done it's feature complete <laughs> you're running around in the first dungeon from 14 like they just that very first dungeon that you do in 14 they just took it out and put it in this game yeah it's weird Be- that's because it's an ff1 game and every time that they do anything with ff1 they're doing this kind of thing they're doing like a dissidia type thing this is definitely a like i knew going in that this it was probably going to be a Dissidia type thing. Uh-huh. But then, like, after one mission, you get a, a lore piece that's like, Oh, do, this area is inspired by this area from Dimension 14. It's like, right. Oh, we're doing Dissidia? Is this Sid speaking right now? Sid of the Lufane? Because part of the plot, the meta plot of Dissidia is this endless cycle of this conflict between Cosmos and Chaos, the two gods... And they're doing this in multiple worlds created by Sid of the Lufane and the dragon Shinryu. Um, and all four of them are sort of collaborating to do, exi- like, do these experiments on these different worlds and see how these different forces can come into conflict in different ways. 
that's why Dissidia being the crossover fighting game has all of those characters meet each other. Because mm. at the end, they each find their crystal, which is like, oh, it's a materia for Cloud, or it's like a rose for Firion. It's like a thing that may- means something to them. And then they get sent back to their world uh, without any memory so they can have their, they can play their games out. Okay. <clears throat> I, I feel like this game is doing something like that. I would love it if it actually was just Dissidia shit. I don't. Th- I think this is a different multiverse implication game because every time they do anything with Final Fantasy One, they retcon it to be like the base, the like base, um, the control group for like weird multiverse shit. I, um, I have been watching you play a little bit. When, when you were playing 7 Remake, I was, like, sitting on the couch next to you for almost the entire time you were playing that game. Mm-hmm. Like, a, a, and that is not true with Stranger of Paradise. I've just been sort of, I've been on the love seat, you've been on the couch, and I'm, like, kind of looking up every now and then, and I hear a guy say, look, there's some cubes. <laughs> <laughs> Found some cubes. Uh, Should we take a breather? <laughs> but, um... It get, that game seems fun. It seems like a... It, Very complicated in a way that 7 Remake wasn't. It's like... It's weird that, that Kingdom Hearts has sort of become the Square Enix house style, I feel like. I don't Where they're a kind true. of They're kind of all action RPGs, it looks like now. That's just because action RPGs are what's popular right now. Like, like it's just an evolution from 13 to 7 Remake to this. Yeah, I never played 13, so I guess maybe I'm missing that step And 15, obviously, is there as well. Well, yeah, so that's what I was thinking about, is like, one, I played about three hours of 15 one day a month ago now, I think, and I really liked 15, and I want to get back to it. And I hadn't gotten back to it because I've been playing Elden Ring when I have been gaming. I've mostly been, like, watching movies and now Berserk and reading some manga, but, like, I just haven't been gaming much, and when I have been gaming, it's been Elden Ring. I'm not... I'm having a lot of friction with Elden Ring right now, and I thought that 15 was, like, a very, like, frictionless experience in a positive way of just, like, oh, man, I could just... I could just play 15 for six hours straight and just, like, enjoy myself, you know? Um, Whereas, like, Elden Ring, I'm, like pushing back against this game a lot in a way that I'm not in a, in a way that is like a little disappointing to me I guess I don't know I mean I put 40 hours into Elden Ring and I'm about halfway through I just when I'm liking Elden Ring I like it a lot I think there's a lot of really cool stuff in Elden Ring and I think I just can't Fundamentally, I cannot get past wishing this was just a regular Souls game because the open world is not adding so much to it that I... The open world changes it, and I kind of am just wishing I was playing Dark Souls 4. I like it a lot. Yeah, it'll make Dark Souls 4 some other day. Yeah. But my, my, my fear... Is that, like, they don't make another Dark Souls. They just make Elden Rings from now on? They make Elden Rings, 
as open world games, and they make Bloodborne's as their more linear experiences. That's fine. I mean, I would be into it because I like Bloodborne a lot. Um, I think Bloodborne is probably my favorite FromSoft game. But, like, if they made Bloodborne 2... I would enjoy Bloodborne 2 a lot, but, I like, I don't want it to just be more Bloodborne, you know? I want something new, and I think what I want is, like, aesthetic. I would love, like, you should make Bloodborne in, like, a Western style. No. No. <laughs> Not Western. Oh, okay. Yeah, like sure. It's a genre of Western. Yeah, okay. Like, you have a shotgun. No, 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 no. I don't want that. I don't want that. I do not want that. I want it to be outside. Huh. And, like, in new locations. I know they can do different versions of fantasy worlds, but I would be interested in some new places. I, aesthetically, I like Elden Ring a lot. Um, I like... There's a lot of Elden Ring, the aesthetic stuff that reminds me of Dark Souls, but the way they're mixing in like Lord of the Rings, um, I I really enjoy. I really like the aesthetic of Elden Ring. It's just the open nature of it. I'm just grating against sometimes. But I would like new stuff also. Hmm. I want them to do something new, something that they haven't done before. I mean, Sekiro is that, you know? And, uh, I want it to be fun, though. <laughs> <laughs> I think... Um, the thing about... Okay, so the thing about Elden Ring is that, like... For the first ten hours, I was not enjoying Elden Ring. And then for, like... On the next ten hours... I think I'm at, like, like the 22-hour mark right now. For the first ten hours, I was not enjoying it. And then I really hit my stride, and I was really liking the game... And now I feel kind of lost again, you know? Um, because I think it like the openness just leads to me getting a little lost. Sekiro, I know, like... Because it's a more just, like, linear one of these. The thing that happens in, like, any Dark Souls, like, literally any Dark Souls I've played, Dark Souls, Dark Souls 2, Bloodborne, Demon Souls, is that I have a really rough time at the start, and then a couple hours in, it clicks for me, and I'm like, oh no, this game is great. And I just never... I got like two hours into Sekiro, and I was just like, no, this is bullshit. I don't like this. I don't like Sekiro at all. And I, I think if, I think if I spent more time with Sekiro, I could push back, or I, I could get through the initial hump, and I think I could really like that game if the I got... The part where it's not an RPG is where I, it loses me. Mm-hmm. I it's think... just not a Souls game. Like, it's just not the same yeah. thing. yeah. I think I could get through that part, but, um, yeah, Elden Ring is just a weird game because, like, because, like, in Dark Souls, I kind of always know what I'm supposed to be doing, you know? Well, <laughs> well, like, in a, in, a, in Bloodborne, let's say, I kind of know, I'm like, okay, if I go left down this path, there's a really hard boss fight, and I haven't gone right down this path yet, so I'll go right. And maybe I go right, and it's like, oh, there's some really hard enemies, but I kind of know there's like two or three things I can be doing, you know? 
And it's that's very like easy for me to understand. And it, maybe I don't make progress going left. Maybe I make some progress going right. Maybe I come back to the left and I get past that boss fight. That I know there's a very like limited space I can be in. Whereas in Elden Ring, I keep like meeting a guy. I'll meet a guy and he'll just kick my ass. He'll just flatten me. You know? And I can never tell in Elden Ring, it's like, well, if I kept at it, if I gave this four more tries, could I beat him? Is it just that I'm not playing well enough right now? Or is it that I'm not supposed to be here right now? The thing I look at is how much damage I do with one hit. Uh-huh. Because if it's, like, peanuts, yeah, I'm out of there. If I see yellow uh-huh. when I hit, then I know I can probably take it. Yeah. It's just, like... I don't... It feels like everything I try to do in Elden Ring, I'm just getting my ass kicked, and then I just kind of, like, fuck off and do something else, you know? Because I'm like, oh, well, there's a million other things I could be doing, so I guess I'll just go I mean, do I something else. I didn't beat Gondrick for 30 hours. Um, I just, like... Every time I'm... Every time I struggle, I'm just like, I guess I'll go do something else. And then I find something else I struggle with. I'm like, I guess I'll go do something else. Yeah. And it's just sort of like directionless. And so the thing that I liked best was going through that castle. And I got to Godric and I'm like, oh, God, or or," I got to Margit. And I'm like, okay, Margit's really kicking my ass. That's my goal right now is I want to kill Margit. And I'm going to go explore all the areas around here. Because I want to level up and I want to get my weapons better and I'm going to come back. And I came back. Oh, Margaret's still kicking my ass, but I'm making progress. I'm going to go level up a little more. And I could sort of measure that. And then I got to Godric and it was like, oh, Godric's kicking my ass. I'm going to go level up. I'm going to come back. And I got through Godric. And then after I got through Godric, I was just back at like the start of the game where I was like, I just have nothing that I'm specifically trying to do right now. Well, if you talk to the guy at the hold, he tells you, these are the four bosses. Yeah, well, yeah, I know. I know that, like, it's just different when I haven't, like, seen those bosses yet, I guess. When I don't have a very specific thing in my mind of, I am trying to get to the place where I can get over this specific obstacle. Elden Ring is working really well for me when I have a specific thing I'm trying to get over, and I go explore to sort of, like, get stronger to be able to get over that particular hump. But, like, Elden Ring is weak for me when I don't have any specific, like, goal in mind and I'm just, like, wandering. And that's where I'm at in Elden Ring right now and I don't want to... I just haven't wanted to pick up the game for a few days. That's why I've been watching Berserk. I just, like, every time I thought about picking up Elden Ring, I was like, I'd rather watch something right now. I took a break because my build is feeling not very fun. And uh, I'm playing Stranger of Paradise instead. That's the other thing is that I can. This is a, this is the problem in I think every Souls game, is that like. Now I'm. Twenty two hours in, I think I said, and I'm like seeing like, oh, that's how I could have done a faith build. Oh, that's how I could have done a bleed build. Oh, that's how I could have done this, but I am just playing the same sorcerer that I always play. And I'm just casting Soul Arrow on everybody. And I'm like wishing I could go 
back and like try one of those other builds, but I don't want to have to put in another 20 hours to get to get back to where I'm at. Um, so I'm just going to stick... It won't take you that long this time, though. Oh, yeah. But, but I, I'm just going to... If you just keep going and beat Godric and then also beat the next big boss after that, then you can respect. Yeah. I just... I guess... You just have to get halfway through the game. <laughs> I don't want to... I don't really want to pick up Code Vein, you know? It seems like a really cool game, but I just haven't wanted to pick it up. But I wish that, that Souls had the sort of Code Vein thing where you could pick different jobs, you know? Mm-hmm. Because um, I would really... I would really enjoy, like... Oh, I've been, I've been casting Soul Arrow for the last 20 hours... Do you I'm gonna... do sorcerer builds that have more going on than just casting soul arrow? Because you've only described it as casting soul arrow. No, because I can never fucking find people to sell me spells. <laughs> There's a lady. Well, yeah, I met that lady. The other thing is I just don't have enough intelligence to, to do a ton right no, now. don't be so hard on yourself. Because I've been putting points into mind and vigor. I feel like putting points into mind, vigor, and endurance have been my sort of like I'll just do that while I'm figuring out what the rest of my build is. That's and, a trap. Yeah. It's it's a way to play your first time through. I know that some people do that. I've seen some Let's Plays where people are like, I'm just going to go with uh, you know vitality and endurance until I find something I want to use, and then I start working toward being able to use it. But I can't play that way. It, it, it's, it's not a great way to play. I need to like put some points into... I, I have a specific... I found, like, homing soul mass, or the equivalent of it, and so I'm like, I need to get up to this intelligence so I can cast that, because I always enjoy casting soul mass, um, and I know, oh, I have a couple weapons in my inventory that I want to try, I'll, you know, I need to get up to 18 decks and, like, 15 strength or something so I can play around with those. I also, the other, this is another thing that's, like, across all Souls games, it's just like, oh, I have this new weapon I want to try, but my just vanilla battle axe is plus four. So if I go try this new weapon, it's just fundamentally not going to be as good as my battle axe until I can find someone who can sell me like smithing stone one to get me like just up to plus four with whatever weapon I want. I think you have that. Maybe. Maybe you have to beat Godric first. I beat Godric. Then did you turn in the ball bearing? Maybe. To the to the ladies at the hold? Maybe. Because I think that's where you can just purchase infinite level one smithing stones. Okay. Maybe I just need to double check. Uh, but but yeah. also, you'll eventually you'll start finding areas that are just tunnels full of miners. Mm-hmm. And you'll just get a million shards. Yeah. I definitely got... Uh, I definitely saw one of those and got pretty far with it. Um, but yeah, I, I'm enjoying Elden Ring. I'm just like, I just am, it's a very like, I'm enjoying it, but it's rough going sometimes. And I guess I was just thinking about 15 cause I was watching you play Stranger of Paradise and I was like, you know, it's not a, a, a game that I struggle with at all. It was 15. It's just me and the lads. We kill monsters and go fishing. Stranger of Paradise is kind of bad sometimes Mm. it expects a lot of you and enemies can feel very fast and shadowy and you don't quite know what they're about to do Mm -hmm. 
Um, it's very difficult to react to things, but I'm having a good time mostly. Yeah. That doesn't seem like a game for me, but it is like just when I look at you playing it, I'm like, oh, there are recent Square Enix games that are for me. And also, we own 10 on like three different systems in this house, so I could just play 10 anytime I want. This is not even the best Square Enix throwback RPG of this fiscal year. What's the best Square Enix throwback RPG of this fiscal year? Dungeon Encounters. That's the other thing is remember that remember turns. I do remember turns. <laughs> I was playing a lot of Katamari Damacy reroll because um, I was high, and you know what's a great game when you're high is Katamari Damacy. You know what else is a great game when you're high? Huh? Tetris. Yeah, we we got Tetris Effect on Game Pass, and every time we get high, one of us ends up playing it. Tetris uh, is good. Um, what's your top five Tetris pieces? Uh, ranked. Mm. ranked my top five tetris pieces are one um t-block first hole love it uh two i i piece just straight line mm-hmm. can't get a tetris without it uh three um uh, an s piece i generally yeah, I generally sort of build my stacks in ways that are more to my advantage to have S pieces than Z pieces. I just kind of like bias myself towards like needing things to the right than the left, basically. Um, I think S and Z pieces suck ass. Uh, um, four Z piece, similar to, to an S piece. Five is the cube. Hate the cube. Cube is how I always get myself in trouble. My number one is I. Number two is block. Hmm. Square. Mm-hmm. Number three, L. Number four, backwards L. Oh, shit. I didn't even think about that. L block. I didn't the even... winner of the GameFAQs character poll. I didn't even think about L block or... What's the other one? Reverse L. Reverse block. Seven block? I guess. I didn't even no, think about... would be an L. I didn't even think about L. R block? L L and R would go both of them above S and Z. L and R are also like great. That I is lo- how alphabet order works. I I, <laughs> I love L and R a lot. Classic pieces. When I was first when I first started playing Tetris, L and R were my favorite, and then I realized the power of the line piece and the and the T block. I wish they were all squares. Oh well, yeah, the game would be very easy if they were all squares. <laughs> Yeah. But you couldn't get a Tetris then. That's fine. What if it was just squares and lines? What if it was just S's? Hell. <laughs> Could you get a Tetris if it was just S's? Mm, maybe. You could, but you couldn't get it on the first line. Mm-hmm. You, yeah, you could. It would just be goofy. You wouldn't... You'd get only every other line. Yeah. It suck. Weird. Anyway, uh, I'm gonna do something real quick. Yeah. You told me there was gonna be YouTube content. Uh, You're going to Amazon. Is that the, I was gonna send watch you uh, make you watch uh, the Alice Shrug trailers. No, I. No, please no. 
I'm just doing some research real quick. Uh, have there been any more episodes? There are. Oh, there are so many more. There are, there are nine new episodes of The Legend of Vox Machina for us to watch for this podcast. Uh, Next episode we record will be on no, the fourth, fifth, and sixth episodes. That's Shadows at the Gates, Fate's Journey, and Spark of Rebellion. Don't promise that. Okay, okay. We will podcast. I'm saying this will be our next one within a week. Well, okay, okay. Two things. One, we will continue podcasting about Vox Machina. I feel fine promising that. Two, I just don't want to promise that it's the next episode. Because three, tomorrow there is supposed to be an episode of Pop Town. That's going to be late. Like, that is already just... Pop Town is going to be late. I meant to mention that in in the, like, business stuff up front. Is that there will be a second Pop Town for March... It will probably come out on the 28th, um, would be my guess. Uh, but Pop Town is going to be late. And so I don't want to, I don't want to promise the very next thing we're going to record within the next seven days will be Vox Machina. I want to do it. <laughs> we'll see. We will see. How bad could these be? Worse! You think, you don't think they would take, like, I think the show is probably finished before it started airing. I don't know about that. Anyway, I, uh... It looks... We we will do more Vox... We will do more Vox Machina. I just don't want to promise it within seven days. That's all. Um... Just because we were already late on one thing, you know? Mm-hmm. I I will promise more Vox Machina in the next 14. By the end of the month. That's barely more than seven it's 11 days. 11 days. That's barely more. I'm going to... 14. I promise that within seven days we will put out Pop Town Funk on time. We will do the Pirates of the Caribbean episode of Fax for Audio. We will do the next Vox Machina <laughs> episode of for Audio. Yeah, sure. Yeah. We've done that kind of thing before. Yeah, that's the thing is, it doesn't rain, but it pours at the Export Audio Podcast Network. We're either putting out no podcasts or too many podcasts, and we never have an in between. Uh-huh. Um, I gotta play marathon this week, huh? I gotta play marathon this week. Oh yeah. And then I gotta start Dragon Age two. Dragon Age. Two. Two. They should get the Resident Evil guy to, to, to do the intro screens for no. Dragon Age. I would do the voice, but my throat's a little scratchy. should probably make a cup of tea after this. I'm going to go play video games. Yeah, I'm feeling my energy wane, and I've got five more episodes of uh, of, of Berserk to finish, and... Uh, Episode's already out. Check your phone. Oh my god! I did it thirty-five minutes ago. It's the episode. Of, it's the part of Spaceballs where they're like watching this the is now. <laughs> um, I w- I hope we get a Spaceballs Funko. Do they have Spaceballs Funkos? Can you look for me? Yeah. 
Oh, I looked for you. I found you. Uh, I can't tell if these are real. No. Seeming like no. Seeming like no. Is there a Rick Moranis Funko? What would that be? There's almost Ghostbusters. There's almost certainly one of his like Ghostbusters character. What's his name? And probably his Honey I Shrunk the Kids character. What's his? What's Rick Moranis Ghost Musk? No, Egon. Egon. Egon Spangler? Egon Musk. Is that Rick Moranis? I don't know. Egon. That could be Dan Aykroyd's character for all I know. Spangler. Also, I I realized... Um, Funko I mean, if we got Egon Spangler, we would just do Ghostbusters. But... Yeah. Is Egon Rick Moranis? Just Google Rick Moranis. Why are you Googling Egon? <laughs> <laughs> yes no I don't, I don't think that's rick moranis no it's the other guy who harold that's ramus rick moranis yeah that's rick moranis who's he is he even a ghostbuster or is he just hanging out he's the key master no that's the guy from matrix reloaded no he's the key master she's the gatekeeper and they you know what are you talking about? Ghostbusters, the movie. There's a key master and a gatekeeper? It's a sex joke, yes. They both have sex to, await, to unleash Zool. What? This is, a, this is just the plot of Ghostbusters. Okay. I guess I just have forgotten the plot of Ghostbusters. Who is Egon played by? Who is this actor? This uh, is Harold Ramis. Yes. Okay. Ghost. Also, that's a grim little... Yeah, detail. Ghostbusters Afterlife, 2021. Bill Murray is Peter Venkman. Dan Aykroyd is Race Dance. Sigourney Weaver's also in this. That's who I was talking about. She fucks Rick Moranis. Oh, Ernie Hudson. That's that's who I'm forgetting. Okay. I don't know why I thought Rick Moranis was a Ghostbuster. I guess he's just in that movie. Yeah. Oh, I watched um, The French Dispatch. That movie's got Bill Murray in it. That movie's really good. Who would have thought that Bill Murray would be in there? Yeah, R Bill Murray in a Wes Anderson movie? Who'd have thunk it? Is Bill Murray... No, it's Dan Aykroyd is the one who's, like, weird now. All I know is that Dan Aykroyd is in Pixels. He has, like... He's, like, a conspiracy guy, isn't he? Uh, I don't know. We can find out real quick. Dan Aykroyd, and we're going to scroll down to personal life. Oh, he's got a section for beliefs. That doesn't boast, bode well. Uh, I'm a spiritualist. Skip that paragraph. Uh, Aykroyd's great-grandfather, a dentist, was a mystic who corresponded with author Sir Conan, Arthur Conan Doyle on the subject of spiritualism. He was a member of the Lily Dale Society. Other than spiritualism, Dan Aykroyd is also interested in various aspects of the paranormal, particular particularly ufoology he is a lifetime member of an, an official hollywood consultant for the mutual F ufo network um he served from 1996 to 2000 as host of sci factor uh which claimed to tr describe cases drawn from the archives of quote the office of scientific investigation and research in 2005 produced 
Dan Aykroyd unplugged on UFOs. Um, believes yeah, he's very strongly like in ghosts. Paranormal guy. Okay. Not a conspiracy guy. No, I got that confused. Yeah. But he is a paranormal guy. Which might... Which might lead you to saying and believing weird things, but... Is, like the concave earth stuff. Yeah. Does not seem inherently harmful in the way that, like, some of this is. Oh, I forgot Dan Aykroyd made that cameo in Ghostbusters 2016. Dude. Why did, who decided that Ghostbusters <clears throat> was going to become the focal point of a culture war? Do, do you remember my story about... Because I think we knew each other when the the uh ghostbusters culture war was going on right mm-hmm. no we didn't know each other in 2016 a little bit not in 2016 no that's when we met i didn't join the waypoint discord until 2017 well anyway um one night but this might have happened in 2017 anyway one night i was trying to fall asleep i couldn't fall asleep and I just went to Giant Bomb, or I went to the Giant Bomb YouTube page. This is crucial. And I just put on their quick, like whatever the newest quick look was, and it was the uh, Ghostbusters video game. Uh-huh. And I fell asleep watching the Ghostbusters quick look, woke up four hours later, and my YouTube history was like 20 videos of right-wing people being like, how women ruined Ghostbusters for us. I just, in my sleep, the YouTube algorithm served me like dozens and dozens of videos about uh, the the Ghostbusters culture war. It's fucking Ghostbusters. He gets a blowjob from a ghost. He does do that. Like, whatever. That movie's okay. I forgot Dan Aykroyd was Bob Dole on SNL. That means nothing to me. Bob Dole uh, ran for president, uh, maybe was the vice president at a certain point. Um, mostly I know him as a guy who gave a lot of money to the University of Kansas. And he spoke about himself in third person a lot. He's a senator from Kansas. Yeah. He, he gave a lot of money to the university so that the political science building is named after him. Also, we have a specific building just dedicated to the political science uh, program, despite, from what I understand, not having that strong of a political science program. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Kill chaos. Kill the chaos in your mind. Don't steal my podcast (laughs) sign-offs. I love you. I love you. Ah! <laughs> what is that? You were shaking me. Yeah. I'm I said, shaking. ah! Uh, do we have anything interesting to use as a sign off? We just said kill the chaos in your mind. That means nothing. It's just a joke, dude. Fucking hit stop recording. Free me from my chaos prison. <laughs>
still find your face in your grass Take the moonlight by the turtle and it's such a shame What is our just to say what it's dry in your crown I'm spending my grass, walking back to where my grass should fade I'm waiting so long, I'm waiting so long I'm waiting so long, I'm waiting Rolling up the stones around to turn your face to your back Silence of the better dreams Singing to the wind You're shedding The learning winds Will wash away all what you want In your crown There is a man But it's not rest So anyways We're fighting I'm waiting so long Yeah.